Hey, if you have a Bible, go ahead and open it. We're going to be in Daniel chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 8 through 21. And if you don't have a Bible, there are some uh, there are some out in the commons and here in this hallway on those pub tables. Uh, if you don't own one, that's our gift to you. Um, and also it'll be on the screen behind me as we read our text. But we're in a new series currently through the rest of the summer um, through the book of Daniel, where we're looking at the first three chapters of the book of Daniel. And what I said last week really was that the goal for this series, and really you could take this as the goal for every series I will ever do for the rest of my life, is that this series would really help us to have the target of our affection, of our hope, and our worship moved from the things of this world to the creator of this world. And so really, as we read Daniel chapter 1, what we're looking at, uh, what we looked at last week first, is a couple of young men in captivity, and how they dealt with that, and how they, really in a culture of compromise, how they were witnesses, and they held true to their true identity. And so now, we're going to see further how they do in this culture of compromise, and we're going to read that in Daniel chapter 1, verses 8 through 21. So if you have a Bible... Go ahead and grab it, and we'll read this, starting in verse 8. But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. Therefore, he asked the chief of the eunuchs to allow him not to defile himself. And God gave Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the chief of the eunuchs. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who assigned your food and your drink, for why should he see that you were in worse condition than the youths who, you, who are of your own age? So you would endanger my head with the king. Then Daniel said to the steward, whom the chief of the eunuchs had assigned over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, test your servants for 10 days. Let us be, in, let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance and the appearance of the youths who eat the king's food be observed by you and deal with your servants according to what you see. So we listened to them in this matter and tested them for 10 days. And at the end of the 10 days, it was seen that they were better in appearance and fatter in flesh than all the youths who ate the king's food. So the steward took away their food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables. As for these four youths, God gave them learning and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. And at the end of the time, when asked the king had commanded that they should be brought in, the chief of the eunuchs brought them in before Nebuchadnezzar, and the king spoke with them. And among all of them, none was found like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Therefore they stood before the king. And in every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king inquired of them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters that were in all his kingdom. And Daniel was there until the first year of King Cyrus. And so really last week what we looked at, really what our sentence was, is that in a culture of compromise, we're called to be witnesses where we hold firm to our true identity. 
And really in last week, we saw that Israel was in captivity. They're no longer a free nation serving God. They actually were in captivity to the Babylonian nation. And so really, as we open in our text from verse one of chapter one, hope looked dead and God seemed absent. It seemed like these, these group, this group of people was just in captivity and nothing was going for them. And really traditionally in those days, if you were defeated, if your group of people were defeated, it was because your God was the weaker deity. But here, what we looked at last week in verse two is that it was because of Israel's own unfaithfulness that God allowed them to be overtaken. And so what we need to remember, what I said last week, is that God is still in control. God is always still in control over all things, even when it doesn't appear that he is. His influence is present and his purposes remain. And even when in captivity for these young men, in the mocking of God's name, as we saw last week, that that some of the elements are brought in to praise the pagan gods and the defeat, in the midst of the mocking of God's name and in the pagan culture, God is still active. And really, as we saw in our text that we just read, we find Daniel really facing a crisis in Babylon, that the decision he makes radically changes his entire life. And now that the Jews are in Babylon, they really need leaders who will act and speak on behalf of God. And Daniel and Hananiah and Michelle and Azariah really step into this and fill this role. And in verses 8 through 21, we saw the very first demonstration of God's favor towards Daniel. That Daniel and his friends determine for themselves to eat according to the standards of the law of the Mosaic law, and God provides for them by granting them favor and success. And what we're really going to see and learn from this text as we unpack it, really our our sentence and your fill in the blanks there for today, is that we need to take a stand and be faithful in testing that we may be set apart. That first we should take a stand as Daniel took a stand. In verse 8, that it actually says Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. See, this word resolve there really shows that Daniel made a commitment to take a stand, that he was determined to serve a different kingdom and a different king, that it wasn't Nebuchadnezzar who he would serve. It wasn't Nebuchadnezzar's kingdom that he would serve. And this was a crucial moment in Daniel's life. And although it might not have appeared important at the time, What Daniel did shaped the next 60 years for him. And I find it really important that what what really seemed to be the least important issue to everyone else was the most important to Daniel. And so really there's three reasons that I want to highlight to why Daniel resolved to not consume these elements. That there were really three problems with the food and the wine that, that the king would have served. The first is that it certainly would not have been prepared according to the laws of the Old Testament, that much of it would have been ritually unclean. And then also all of the wine and and most of the meat would have been previously offered to pagan gods. And and so to eat that food and to be given that those elements and for Daniel to take those in would really give an unspoken endorsement to paganism. And, And so Daniel was not for this. 
And Daniel also knew that sharing a meal at the king's table really represented sharing the king's values. It wasn't just taking in the food, but it was also taking in the value system of that king. And even today, sharing a meal with someone has huge symbolic meaning for us to sit with someone in that regard and consume as they consume. So to eat together implies friendship, support, endorsement, and and, and really can even communicate shared values. And, And so here for Daniel to eat the food in that situation represented and would have represented a moral compromise of what he believed. And so Daniel, not wanting to compromise on his beliefs, he chose to take a stand. Daniel chose to take a very important stand. And this is so important for us because it teaches us that you can't corrupt a true believer from the outside. You can't corrupt a true believer from the outside. So you can change his name, but not his nature. That Daniel may have looked like a pagan being in this culture, but on the inside, he was a servant of the living God. And so Daniel really resolved that he would be set apart, that even the mighty Nebuchadnezzar couldn't do a thing about this. And really what we looked at last week is that you can change the location of a true believer, but you cannot change their true identity. And so Daniel and the others served and they engaged with the culture while remaining undefiled. While remaining undefiled by it, they they provided a model that shows us that God's people are resolved by not forgetting their true identity. And so that regardless of what the culture had to offer and what may look good, Daniel stands as one who is not of this world. That he's in it, but he is not of it. I mean, consider this, that that what the king offered was the best of the best of what he had. He offered the best meats and the best wine. And and so sometimes people place things before us and they're like, look at how good this is. But, But being good is not always that it's being of God. And so Daniel resolved that he would not just consume things because at face value, they looked good. He was apart from the culture he was in. This is what a Christian does. They live different than the culture around them. So they don't try to define what the culture has to do. They demonstrate what the Christian has to do. So they're not focused on what, how everyone else has to live, how the pagans need to be. They focus and they demonstrate what the Christian has to do. And so they take a stand. And then also we see that that. Daniel was faithful in testing. But Daniel and the others weren't forced to take a stand. They chose to, and they showed faithfulness in their testing. That in verse 12 and 13, we see that Daniel asked the chief eunuch. He asked him to test them for 10 days, allowing them to eat different than those around him. But what we need to understand as well is that Daniel did this with respect. He wasn't rebellious. He did this with respect. And in verse eight, it says that he requested. He didn't demand. He didn't claim, well, I I don't care how you heathens do this. This is how I'm supposed to do as this wonderful Christian. He requests and he says, would you allow us to eat as God would intend for us to do that we may be faithful? He requested. He didn't demand, but he respected the authority of those over him, even the pagan authority. Think about that. 
And in verse nine, we see that God gave him favor in the eyes of the chief eunuchs. This is where we see that God is active. Twice in this text here, we see in verse nine and in verse 17, it says that God really appeared in this. God showed up, that God gave Daniel favor. And so Daniel was persistent. He didn't give up after the first refusal of the chief eunuch. He tried something else. How else can I go about this in a respectful way? And so he went to the steward directly put over him. And so he followed the chain of command, the direct report. And in verse 10 and 11, we see that when the chief eunuch was really fearful for his own life by the idea of Daniel doing something different than everyone else, Daniel went to that steward assigned to him. That he asked him to test them, to observe them and really check the results Uh, Allow us to go through this process and and test us in it and and then deal with us according to what you see. And and so Daniel was confident in this. He had full confidence that God's ways were the right ways, that God's way of doing things was the right way of doing things, that he was willing to demonstrate the superiority of God's way. And really then he, he, he asked the steward to give him and his three friends just water and vegetables for, two, for 10 days. And so notice something that's interesting, something that I just was noticing in my, in my study. This is Daniel being faithful to God. Here is Daniel showing a pagan culture that he is being faithful to God. But here what I think is important to note is that Daniel is asking the pagan to test him. God, help me to be faithful to you that among others, I may be tested and to be shown faithful. So let me ask you some questions. What do your neighbors say about you? If they were to test you on some of the the ways in which they would ask, are you faithful to God? What does your boss say about you and your coworkers say about you? Do they see that you are faithful to God? See, the Babylonians could have changed everything for Daniel. They could have changed his diet, his location, his education, his language, even his name, of which they did a lot of these things. But they couldn't change his heart because it completely belonged to God. That Daniel's faithfulness is not to his diet. It's not to his peers, and it's not even to his own plan here. His faithfulness is to God saying, what I do, I want it to bring glory to God. And so what that tells us is that when our heart truly belongs to God, you can go anywhere and you can face any situation and you're gonna be okay because your your body may be in Babylon, but your heart is in heaven. You, You can be in this pagan culture, but when you belong to the Lord, when your eyes are fixed on the Lord and his will and his design and his desires for you, then that allows you to have the right focus, that you would be faithful in testing. So really the question for all of us here is, where is our heart? Where is our heart focused? Does it truly belong to God or or is our heart fixed on the things of this earth? Is that what's consuming us? The things of this earth, the people of this earth, 
And I know in this section there are a lot of questions that I've asked you, but the the reason for all of these questions, the reason why I want to ask you these constantly is that I want to get at the core for us of what we're really faithful to. I want us to get at the core of asking, man, what am I really faithful to? So so when we meet opposition with, with difficulty, when we feel overcome and overwhelmed by this world, and, and when everyone around us is making decisions to really follow the crowd, what do we do and what are we faithful to? What are we doing and, and really what are we faithful to? Are we faithful in the testing that we, be, that we would be faithful to God? Because when we are faithful in that, then we are set apart. In verse 15 through 20, we see really a positive result towards the end as Daniel and the others are brought forth to be examined. That in verse 17, there's an important detail that we need to remember because if we're not careful, we can make Daniel the focus and the hero of this text. So we see this incredible resolve. Daniel is bold. He, he takes a stand. He's faithful in the testing. And then it shows that in being set apart, this was of great value. And so really, if we just read this and focus on the parts about how awesome Daniel is, then really we can make him the hero of the story. But remember what I said last Sunday was that the Bible text. This Bible text right here is not about Daniel and friends in a secular world. It's about God who is active in this secular world. And so Daniel's courage and his faithfulness in a land of captivity can easily tempt us to make him the primary hero of the text. It's really easy for us to say, look at how great Daniel is as a young man. Look at how faithful he is in this. Look at how wonderful of a job he did. But Daniel's own message as he continues to write this book is that God is the hero, is that it is God who gave. It is God who will save. It is God who will reveal. And it is God who is in control. That it's God who saves a sinful and weak people. It's God who preserves young men from impurity. God who answers prayer and interprets dreams. Who exalts the humble and humbles the proud. It's God who vindicates the faithful and vanquishes the profane. And he rescues covenant forsaking people by returning them to the land of the covenant. And then later in verse 19, we see that it says among all of them, among all of these young men, none was found like these other young men, like Daniel and Hananiah and Michelle and Azariah. And so then it says, therefore, they stood before the king. That the king is brought in to see the results. Now remember, when Daniel says, test us, he's not talking to King Nebuchadnezzar. But King Nebuchadnezzar needs to see this with his own eyes. That it was the chief of the eunuchs and it was the steward who were the ones who would test and see and prove and then deal with them. But the results were so positive that King Nebuchadnezzar was brought in. Listen, you need to see this. We offered them the best of our culture and they wanted what God had laid before them. So come and see this. Come and experience this with us. So these young men were set apart by their choice to be different than the culture around them. 
But what this also allowed them to do is to stand before the king in a way of influence. And this is where God begins to give Daniel influence in this pagan culture. So now you have Daniel who has clearly stated throughout this first chapter how he desires to be set apart from the culture of unbelief. But yet by his faithfulness, God gives him influence in it. This is where Daniel shows us the importance of being in the culture, but not of the culture and how we can have influence positively in it. That through faithfulness and God's blessing, they were set apart. That regardless of the, the attraction of a pagan culture, Daniel and the others resolved to be faithful to God. Because remember, there's not much you can do with a Christian that won't conform to the ways of a pagan culture. There's not much you can do with a Christian that won't conform to the ways of a pagan culture. That a Christian that is conformed to Christ is controlled by Christ. And a Christian that has put their identity in Christ is shaped by Christ. So for Daniel, regardless of what was offered and laid before him in a culture of compromise, even that which looked good, that could have been nourishing just by the look. For Daniel, regardless of that, he had favor. He stood to be faithful. And God gave Daniel faithful to take a stand where he was faithful and test, in testing and where he chose to be set apart from what the culture was doing. So for us, as we come to a close this morning, I just, wanna, I just want us to consider this question and end on this question that when you are, are met with opposition and with difficulty, when you feel overcome by the world around you and everyone else is making decisions to follow the crowd, what do you do and what are you faithful to? What do you do and what are you faithful to? Let's pray.